So program efficiency is getting your program to maximize its level of play with the time that you have and understanding that you're not going to have extra time. And then with that add on of you don't want to burn out coaches. Most importantly, you don't want to burn yourself out as a head coach. Keith Klistinski is the head coach of the 2023 Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association Division I State Champion Marquette University High School Hilltoppers. He was named interim head coach in 2020 and had the tag removed in 2021. Coach Klistinski in his fourth season as the head coach at Marquette High School in Milwaukee led the Hilltoppers to a 27-10 victory over previously undefeated Franklin in the Division I title game at Barry Alvarez Field, Camp Randall Stadium in Madison. The win came 54 years after Keith's father, Ron, led the Ron Colley Jets to victory over Chippewa Falls McDonald in the first ever state football championship game at Lambeau Field. Today he joins us to talk about program efficiency. Marquette has the challenge, like most schools, of not having assistance in the building. Coach Klistinski shared the details of how they're able to be more efficient and effective in their work as coaches by utilizing technology, virtual coaches, quality control coaches, and he shares how they create a more efficient practice. Be sure to stay tuned for our Winning Edge takeaways following the interview. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512 514-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. There used to be a day when you had all of your coaches in the building. I can remember back when my dad was a high school coach. I was young. This was the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, and everybody on his coaching staff was also a teacher in the school. And more and more you see the situation today 
where the head coach is the only guy in the school, or maybe he gets one assistant, and that assistant might be in another building. You just never know what the situation is today, and so you have to be efficient, and that's what we're going to talk about today, program efficiency with the Wisconsin State Champions, Marquette University head coach, Keith Klistinski. Coach, it's great to have you here and to be talking to you about all these ideas that you're going to share with us. Well, Keith, it's a real, real honor for me to be talking to you today. I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you ever before, but when I walk during the summertime, I wear a headset and I listen to your podcast. And I, I literally stop during that walk to type information into my phone. So just to hear from you and, and to be asked to be on this is just a tremendous honor. I love that. Rick Jones, who was at Greenwood High School and was at Missouri now, told the story one time, I think on the podcast, I know he at least told it to me where he, he said he almost walked into the river doing the exact same thing. So at least we don't have any casualties from that. No, no, it's been great. Uh, and I appreciate all you do for not just high school football, but football in general. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Well, the, the program efficiency, and that is a very important thing today. As I said, more and more, you see that coaches have a lot of their staff, if not all of their staff, out of the building. I've had that before in the situations I've been in. It's not an easy thing to deal with. There's a lot of things that you need to get organized, a lot of things you need to do, and, and so you have to think those things out. So I wanted to dig into that first, and for you, just that general definition to you, what is program efficiency? So program efficiency is getting your program to maximize its level of play with the time that you have and understanding that you're not going to have extra time. And then with that add on of, you don't want to burn out coaches. Most importantly, you don't want to burn yourself out as a head coach. You know, sometimes those lessons are hard to learn, but hopefully I can share some things that we've found out that might help some people out. And I know for you, you were thrust into this during the COVID year, your head coach at the program at the time left kind of unannounced and you had been a head coach of track for 20 years, but being a head football coach was a new thing for you. So what kind of things did you do in that transition, I guess, to get you started along this way of being efficient within the program? Absolutely. You know, I, I relied on a lot of the things that we did in the past, but I also needed to really co-op my assistant coaches a lot more than maybe we had used them before. Just because there were so many kind of entanglements, whether it be protocols for COVID or what have you. And in that first year, I was the defensive coordinator uh, and the head coach. And, and I realized very, very quickly that if you can at all separate those jobs and get, get a quality coordinator in while you are the head coach, you're going to be way better off. I was trying to do both jobs and, and we had, a, a, even though it was COVID, we only played seven games. We ended up five and two and won our kind of our end playoffs that year, but our culminating game, it was a, a very trying year for me and, you know, kind of a burning out type situation. I, I would be over talking to the defense and I would hear my offensive coordinator in my ears asking me if we had two downs or, you know, if we could call a timeout. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on in the game. So that was the first thing was I hired a great defensive coordinator and now I've got two real good coordinators. That was one of the first things that we did. And there's some other stuff that we realized from there. Yeah, in looking at that and thinking again, just overall, the value of an assistant and going with that traditional model of the guy who is in the school, who you do delegate things some, you get a lot out of that coach. So you have to rethink it. 
you don't want to say, well, this guy's not here. And so his only value is going to be from beginning of practice till we leave on that day. You want him to be able to do more. And all those guys have other jobs too. So it's not like you expect them to do a lot during the day. So how do you get the most out of that coach who's away from the school? How do you look at delegating those things? And as you said, running an efficient program without anybody in the building. Well, before I get into that, I'm going to mention something that really came out of COVID. You know, we did a lot of things in COVID online. We did a lot of Zooming with the staff and and we tried to divide up some duties that way. But I have a very interesting story and something that I think is going to be a model that's going to go forward in high school coaching. And that is having virtual coaches on your staff. And uh, this is just a great story. So, you know, the Rydell rep, came in one day wanting to sell helmets. And we sat down and talked about helmets for about five or 10 minutes. And then I realized that this guy knew a lot about football. And we started talking about special teams and we must've talked 45 minutes and we're up on the whiteboard. And I learned more about kick return in that 45 minutes than I had in just about any clinic I'd been to. And so when I went away from that meeting, I said, you know what? Nobody buys helmets during practice. I wonder if this guy would coach for me. And I got a hold of him. And this is a guy who had 25 years of Division I experience as a coordinator, as a special teams coordinator, a defensive coordinator, coached at Nebraska, coached at NIU, SMU, Temple. And he basically said to me, hey, I don't have the time to be there in person, but if you're interested, maybe we could set something up where I could work for you virtually. And I'll tell you what, it was the best thing that I did. And he's our special teams, he's kind of our virtual special teams guy I kind of coordinate, but he get, he has access to our film and he knows how to break it down. So he gives me a report on our upcoming opponent after breaking down that scout tape. And then after our game, he gives us a report on how he feels our scheme, but also our athletes performed from a personnel perspective. And then I take that and I have another guy that assists me with this. And we fashion from that a, a game plan for the special teams for that week. I love that idea of utilizing, for one, you know this, if you look at any job that opens in football, uh, I mean, it's going to get dozens and dozens of applicants because everybody wants to be involved in this. And right. and we all know our salaries, unless we get up to those big levels, are, are not very much. I mean, we probably don't want to go do the math because I'm sure we, we make less than minimum wage. Yep. I've worked like that before. When my son was in high school, I, I didn't want to get involved and be out on the field. I wanted to be dad. I wanted to watch the games with that dad lens and not worry about what was going on. But during the week and, you know, weekends and during the week, I'd break some things down, send over reports. And I know that was highly valuable to the staff and being able to get more out of what they're doing. I mean, everybody's doing quite a bit already, but we know the value of all the analytics that you can put in the game and all the neat things you can do today, but those do take manpower. And I love that idea of, you know, leveraging some guys who have that interest would be willing to volunteer their time, but not necessarily able to be there at practice like it takes for a full-time coach. Absolutely. And then, you know, just two other quick things to mention in that coaching efficiency realm. I've got two coaches that I call quality control coaches, kind of taking after the colleges and the pros and so forth. And these are guys that, can't be around all the time, but they're part-time guys want to be involved. And we've had, unfortunately, some coaches who took ill on our staff and just having those guys around to be able to plug them into drills has been just incredible. They know our program. They have a lot of 
desire to be a, around it, but they just can't be there full time. So we call them quality control guys and we have them there part time. Then the last thing is I wanted our coaches to be more involved in game planning. I have two tremendous coordinators and both of them would take it all on themselves if they could. And they're, they're very good at doing that. But I wanted more buy-in from the rest of the offensive and defensive staff. What I asked those guys to do was to put together the shell of a PowerPoint that had about five or six pages, just about five or six pages, and divide up the game plan. Now, obviously, I'm not naive enough to think that they're not going to you know, have their own ideas and they'll have the last stamp on that, and I'll take a look at it and so forth. But this was a great idea for us, and it, it kicks off our week with the, with the kids when we get in on a Monday to be able to present the game plan. So one of the coaches will do the history of uh, you know, what, our history with that other team. Another one will do personnel and stats. Another one does favorite formations and base plays. The D-line coaches will do protection and run game. The defensive back coaches will do third down and favorites. And then the D.C. will get on with the base game plan as it stands based on our conversations over the weekends and so forth. And it's just been tremendous for us to get our assistant coaches into the film. You know, oftentimes when you don't ask them to do that, you know, other things can come up for them and they're just assuming it all gets done. And I, I wanted them to have more you know, not just more responsibility, but take more credit for the game plan too. Then when we when we unveil that in early week, and then obviously when we unveil it on Friday night. I think that's a great idea. One just from getting the staff to work together, and and I think it gets different perspective into the game plan when it's all one guy doing. I've been a, a, a part of that, and you know, in, in my coaching career at one point, you know, we sit around and watch the defensive coordinator go through and yep. put things together <laughs> and wait for him to come down from the mountain with the stone tablets of here's the game plan. And, um, you know, it, it, you do want your guys to, to have that. Now, I think it's also for them, you know, especially if you have that situation where you have an older coordinator, maybe some younger assistants, it's an opportunity for them to learn and grow along the way because they're going to, you know, see things and present something and, and ask a why, and they'll get the reason. And I think it just brings everybody together. Everybody understands better why. And, and obviously that's going to filter down to the teaching of that game plan to your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we also kind of plug in our efficiency model uh, in our player personnel, you know, our player personnel, our player buy-in, our decisions. Um, you know, we, uh, one thing we do is we track everything. Okay. I, I just found out that, you know, it's better off if we know, you know, how many workouts have you done in the weight room? How many leadership sessions have you, can we do leadership training in the morning? How many of those have you been to? How much community service based out of our team have you participated in? And what that has done for our athletes is it's alerted them to the fact that there has to be a buy-in. And then for us coaches to have efficiency in making decisions as to who we want to put on the field, who we want to have as captains, uh, and even in our communication with parents, then, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot easier, you know, like, for example, I had um, one parent ask me, hey, why wasn't my son named a captain? And I was able to have a, a good conversation with them about the fact that, hey, we had 12 leadership sessions in the morning, you know, on Thursday mornings before school, and he only made two of them. And then they were very surprised to hear that. But, uh, you know, we we tracked it. We track it with QR codes and things like that. And I can tell you exactly how many workouts our men have been through, how many leadership trainings they've been through and so forth. 
And then we also grade our players. And so, you know, it started out as, you know, grading them for the game. And, and, our, and this is another way for our coaches to get into the game film. And so we require uh, by Monday noon that our coaches grade each of their players in their work group. And so it's just a very simple grading system, zero, one, two, zero, you know, it, it was not a good play, didn't do your job, number one, you did your job, number two, you made a play. And then there's an area for comments on there, and then it can average up, you know, you can get an average of 1.2, 1.7, below one. But what that does is I have our coaches get that out uh, to every uh, player in the work group. And then they have to uh, kind of give them in the email kind of the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, here we hey, we had a, a number of twos this week, but we've got a lot of zeros. And here are the three or four things that we got to clean up this week. And I will tell you what, that directs, number one, it helps our practice, practice efficiency because it directs what that work group, what the defensive backs, the outside linebackers, the inside, what they have to do that week to get better. That's the first thing. But it also is that accountability thing that everybody sees the grades, everybody knows what they are, and everybody knows, hey, my grades aren't quite as uh, up to snuff as that guy that's playing right in front of me. And we do that, you know, early in minicamp with some practice moments of competition. We do it with the scrimmage, and then we do it with every game. And that, you know, gets those coaches uh, into that tape and also helps them set up their practice week. Having some kind of measure for your tape, practices, games, it puts a focus on that when the coaches are watching it. It puts a focus on it when the players are watching it. I mean, when we've done different things over time, I know for quarterback and receiver room, our receivers coach had some specific things that they went through, and it was really easy for them to do and evaluate. You know, they they did it on a, a – they had E4, four different things, that, four E's that they were evaluating. I think I've talked about that in a podcast before. I'll find it and link it. And then, you know, there was another one I could think of time where our scout team wasn't quite up to standard. So we had to measure success in practice in a different way. And one of one of our coaches, longtime coach, came up for some with some standards for practice, which we would evaluate our runs and our passes to evaluate. Was this really good? Yes, you blocked this guy. Was this protection good enough, though, versus a, a good player? So whatever you can do to put some metrics to it, I think is is going to help that film watching. It's going to give it more of a purpose, and then you're going to learn from it. Rather than, hey, we're putting on the tape, we're going to watch a few things, talk about a few things. Well, a side benefit is that, you know, we're in the age of Twitter and we're in the age of having to get your highlights out to coaches at the college level. And every coach has been in the situation where a young man comes up to him, hey, coach, can you help me make a highlight tape? And then you're sitting there, you know, with five games and you're, you're looking at trying to get ready for your next game and where are you going to find time? But what we've found is all that I tell these young men is go mark out all your twos. You know, they get the grades. They know what, they know what plays are their best plays, their twos. They go and mark them out. And minimally you can just drag that whole thing down without even sorting them out and have a fairly decent idea on tape, you know, for those colleges and universities. So that's been kind of a side efficiency benefit too where you're not starting from scratch on highlight tapes and things like that i've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective so i'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast this innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting game planning and in-game decision making at the speed of the game 
Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Well, Coach, we've mentioned some different things here and you brought up some different types of technology that you're using with this. So I know this, used correctly, technology will make you more efficient. So I'd love to hear the kinds of things you're doing with technology and what technology you're using to create this program efficiency. Probably the best purchase that we made, and it took me three years to convince my athletic director that this was something that was necessary for our program, was we purchased a drone. And so we were filming, our practice field right next to our school, we were filming out of a third floor classroom and really trying to get some tape that we could use on a daily basis because, you know, we film practice and that type of thing. But having that drone, it's excited our coaches. It's given us great views right over the top of what's going on. And now my two coordinators every night are sending out to the athletes just four or five comments. They will pick a session, whether it's inside run, whether it's competitive pass session, team pass. They'll send out just three or four comments, four or five comments to those boys so that they can kind of digest some of that and say, oh, yeah. And, and just the view with the drone has been tremendous. It has really, really helped us. So that's a, that's a big one right there. Not a better view than with the drone. End zone systems, all those, call them land-based systems, right, where you have to set something up, whether that's in the press box or in the end zone, whatever it might be, people will get in the view of that. There's, there's no issues with a drone. A drone is going to give you a great shot an angle that really allows you to see a lot, the footwork, the hand placement, all the things that might get obscured by the other views. It's unbelievable. So that, that really has helped us because it really, the kids enjoy watching it now a lot better than watching it for, you know, picnic ants out on a football field. They can really see what they're doing and they can, they can pick up on that. I think the other thing that I was really frustrated with as a head coach when I first started out was communication. And, you know, I was emailing kids, I was trying to text kids, I was going on the announcements at school, and, and then trying to reach out to the parents via email, and then you get 10 of them that come back, and it was just frustrating. So we went to a communication program called Sports U, and we do all of our communication through that. And I tell the kids, hey, if you didn't go to Sports U today and find out that you had to be here at this point, that's on you. And so I have them turn on the notifications. I no longer email I no longer make announcements. Everything goes through Sports U, and there's a parent dimension to it so they can see everything. Our team parents post stuff on there for the other team parents, and it's just been great. took a lot off of me, and it really made us more efficient communicators. You know, we always had huddle, but we felt that we needed something a little bit more in the way of a playbook, game planning, and quizzing, actually. You know, we're a high academic school here. So we want these boys to be students of the game. So we are with Just Play, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Just Play technology, but Just Play has been just great for us. We've been able to put our entire library of our playbook on there. 
We do uh, offense, defense, and special teams game planning on it. And I'll tell you what the nugget that has really helped us has been in terms of our efficiency and player selection and so forth is the quizzing module. And so these young men will get a quiz, you know, early in the week, and they have until Thursday at a certain time to finish that quiz. And coach is not going to bug them. And so the first time we put it out was last year, not this year, last year. And we were going to play a first game of our, of our season. And one of our starting defensive linemen, who is our, one of our best players, didn't do his quiz. And so we sat him for the first quarter. And that sent a message. Uh, it sent a message to these guys, hey, this is important that I get into this. It's important that I'm a student. We will show the high scores, you know, on Friday, you know, as we're going in, you know, who had the highest scores. So there's competition to know more about the game plan. And so that, that just play has, has been tremendous from that perspective in the quizzing. And then the last technology we added was Atavis Tackling. So Terrence Wheatley has worked with us. We're one of the high schools that's involved with Atavis. We felt our tackling was not good enough. You know, we were just trying to do it ourselves, trying to figure out what we needed to do. They take our game film. They give us an efficiency rating, yards after contact. They'll isolate best clips. They will isolate safety. And they will give us four or five follow-up drills that fit exactly what our kids are doing wrong for that week. So it makes our tackling way more efficient. There's competition to be that best tackler of the week you know, in terms of your, your rating, and it gives us tangible evidence. And then on top of that, and this is most important, it helps us be a lot more safe with our kids. We played 15 games, or 14 games we played this year, and a scrimmage against the defending state champion in Wisconsin, and we had one concussion all year, and we have 88 guys on the playoff roster. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that we have learned how to tackle better and get the head out of the tackle. So those are some technologies that we've used. I love how you explain those different things. And, you know, you got your communication in one place, which I think is very smart because we have so many ways we can communicate. There's a lot of programs out there. Yeah. I mean, from text to, oh, I DM'd them on Twitter. When you get it all in one place and make that the official place for communication, it's just a very smart thing to do. And it clears up. Uh, where everything is. So uh, I definitely commend you on that. Just Play, I'm very familiar with it. Worked with them and when they first came out. Uh, went, went with those guys to AFCA and have loved, loved what those guys have continued to do, how their technology has grown. And, and of course, uh, Atavis has set the standard for tackling. So looking then, how efficiency carries into practice, Coach, what kinds of things are you doing there? So we have always, as far, you know, I don't want to say always, but for the longest time that I can remember, we've been on a segment clock. And I'd recommend that to any coach out there that you get yourself on a clock and that you religiously follow that. So we use a five minute segment. We usually have 24 five minute segments in practice. We will put a practice schedule together. We will also code out that practice schedule as far as tempo. So red periods are you can stop and talk as a coach. Yellow periods, you're coaching on the fly. Green periods, we're going to coach later. We're, we're going to put the gas pedal down and we're going to move and we're going to keep the tempo up high. So the segment clock has been just a tremendous thing for us and we're continuing to use it and we've used it for years. 
every coach by noon, I mail out or I email out the schedule for the day. It has all the periods, who's doing what, and that's a big credit to our coordinators. I work with them, and then we communicate in the morning, and then by noon, I'll get that schedule out. I'll print it out in color, and then the coaches will have it, and that is the boss. We are not deviating from it, and you know we're not taking 20-minute segments to do different things. It's, it's five minutes, 10 minutes it, it is it, and then we're on to the next thing. So that's the biggest thing right there I think is a good thing. The other thing is drill efficiency, and i got to thank Pat Cerrone from – University of Wisconsin Oshkosh uh, for this. Uh, you know, he taught us our defense. We play a 3-4 defense, and Pat's just been tremendous. I spent many, many hours with him learning football, and he's been a tremendous mentor to me. But one of the drills that he gave us is a drill. It's almost like a meal in and of itself. It could be almost a whole practice, and it's, it's called our force alley fold drill. And it takes the safeties, the outside linebackers, and we can add – corners to this drill and do crack replace we can add inside backers and do run fit but we get you know our force player our alley player our fold player all in one drill and then on top of that you can add the crack replace dimension and I'll tell you what we do it almost every day and it just basically reinforces the basics of that defense these kids you know and they don't get sick of it because we will uh, in the early season, we stay strictly with, you know, like tw- versus 21 personnel. That's kind of how we learned it. But then as the season progresses, we will do opponent-specific force alley fold, you know. So if we're going to be playing, a, you know, a gap scheme team, we're going to be doing a lot of that. If we're playing a zone scheme team, we're doing a lot of that. If we're t- playing a team that's going to pull hats and get more hats to the ball, to the line, you know, to the point of attack, then we're going to add that in. And it's been a tremendous drill. It's one drill. You can do it in five minutes to 10 minutes. That sets up your whole defense. Because we'd love to see that drill. Maybe we could get uh, some clips of that and get that up on uh, our website to go along with this episode. That'd be great. Well, Coach, you shared some great stuff with us here today. I, I agree. Thinking about how you can make your program more efficient Get more out of the people you have, and, and I don't just mean in, in getting more work, but more effectiveness, more efficiency and effectiveness out of those guys. And you really painted a picture of how that happens with the coaches, how that happens with the players, and how you harness technology to do that. So I really appreciate the ideas you shared here today, and certainly best of luck to you and your team here in 2024. Well, thank you very much, Keith. And as I said, I'm honored to be on this. You're doing such a great job and you've done such a service to all the coaches out there. We all appreciate it. I hope you know that. Thank you, Coach. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, examine your structure and determine what's working and what can be better. Coach Klostinski talked about looking beyond the traditional structure to utilize people who have expertise and want to be involved but may not be able to give the time that a full-time position requires. This allowed Coach to create a virtual coach model, which helps with the workload for all coaches. Two, find technologies that put things in one place for you in each respective area of work in your program. For Coach Klostinski, that was putting communication on one platform and putting all the learning of their X's and O's in one system. There are so many different tools we use, but you need a hub to distribute your program's most important information. It creates a system for you where nothing gets lost or overlooked. And finally, three, use your system and technology to create competition and build your team culture. 
Coach Klostinski explained how they did that with their platform for quizzing, which included them benching a starter to show the importance of it, as well then as ranking their players who know the game plan the best each week. They also use that approach with the reports and analytics that they get on tackling, creating an environment in which their players desire and work to be the best tackler on the team. Please keep tuning in all offseason long for ideas to help build your team and advance you in the profession. Sign up for a weekly tip sheet which shares the best ideas from each week.